0: What's up guys? Welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. Today I'm gonna to be doing a full free agency recap. So basically all the big names have signed. The only guys we have left is really like James Connor, Antonio Brown, but those guys aren't probably gonna be super relevant unless they land in pretty good spots. So I think now's a good time to fully recap everything. So I'm gonna be going through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends, talking about all the signings, how that impacts the players around them maybe the players from the teams they left and the teams they joined. So let's get into it. First, I'm going to be talking about the quarterbacks. So my first quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick signing with the Washington football team. So we signed a one-year $10 million deal, and I'm a big fan of this signing for everyone involved. Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown that he can support a number one receiver. You saw him do it with Devonte parker you saw him do it with brandon marshall you saw him do it with mike evans fitzpatrick isn't going to be afraid to push the ball down the field and really target those top options you would alex smith last year you know who was basically a dump off king hitting jd mckissick for like 10 targets a game he was hitting logan thomas short and it really kind of froze terry mclaurin out he still performed well but really not to what his talent actually is and terry had to play with haskins smith and Allen last year just a pretty brutal quarterback lineup to have to produce with so i think this is a big upgrade for him it's a pretty decent opportunity for ryan fitzpatrick he gets to come in as the starter we'll see if they draft someone but right now he's just competing with taylor heineke so that's where we're at with him andy dalton signs with the bears for a one-year 10 million dollar deal as well and this was pretty disappointing for bears fans i mean the bears were looking at sean watson they were looking at russell wilson maybe a guy in the draft and they end up with Andy Dalton. And it's not great, but I do think it's a little bit of a boost for Allen Robinson. I think it's better than Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. So it's not ideal, but it is a little bit of an upgrade. Allen Robinson is still going to be a top tier wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one for 2021. Jameis Winston is next re-signing with the Saints on a one-year, $5.5 million contract. And so this whole Saints uh, situation is going to be really interesting. The way I'm looking at it is I think Jameis Winston is going to be the starter, but I think it's going to be almost like an 80-20 split. So Jameis Winston is going to be quarterback on like 80% of plays, and then I think Taysom Hill is going to get in on 20% of them, likely as like gadget plays, Taysom Hill running the read option, maybe some trick plays, stuff like that. But where I do think Taysom Hill is going to be used a lot is in the red zone. And so in years past, Jameis Winston was seen as a solid fantasy option because even if he was going to throw 30 picks, he was going to throw a ton of passing yards and a ton of touchdowns because his team was going to be behind by so much that they were going to need to pass the ball. But I just don't really see that happening this year with the Saints. If he's not in on all the plays, the Saints have a solid defense. They're likely going to want him to play a little bit more conservatively. So that's why i'm not a huge fan of winston this year, but this move definitely helps guys like michael thomas I think he's definitely going to see a boost from what he would have seen with Taysom hill at quarterback All right, that's it for the quarterbacks. There honestly weren't a bunch of huge signings There was a lot of talk about deshaun watson russell wilson getting traded but that really never came to fruition So let's move on to the running backs and the first guys we're going to talk about are philip Lindsay and mark ingram Both signing a one-year deal with the texans The Texans are honestly looking real rough for the 2021 season. We don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson and the allegations against him. So they bring in Mark Ingram, and I'm going to be honest, I think he's going to be the third back uh, in this trio of Lindsey, Johnson, and Ingram. I think he's just going to be more of a veteran presence in the locker room. He was a healthy scratch for the Ravens uh, in games later in the season, which meant that he wasn't even the third best running back on their team. He doesn't really provide any special teams upside. So I don't really think he's very fantasy relevant. Philip Lindsay is actually the guy that I'm interested in because right now I believe he's being drafted after David Johnson, which I think you could see some value there. Philip Lindsay is still young. He's not older like Ingram and Johnson. So I think he has the potential to kind of break out as a maybe running back three, lower end running back two. I just think he has the most value out of that backfield because like, what are you really getting with David Johnson and Mark Ingram? Just like a washed up workhorse who's probably not gonna get a huge workload. Moving on, we have Carlos Hyde signing a two-year deal with the Jaguars. And so Carlos Hyde to me has no fantasy value, but this is uh, really more towards James Robinson. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for James Robinson. I saw people hating on this move for James Robinson, but in my opinion, this was the best possible outcome because the Jaguars needed to bring someone in. James Robinson had the highest opportunity share in 2020 of all running backs. Literally every opportunity that was given to the running back, whether it was a handoff, a pass was James Robinson. He was on the field basically all the time, and he had the highest opportunity share, and that was with him missing two games towards the end of the year. So I mean it was unprecedented how much the Jaguars were using him, and that's just not sustainable, especially for our young running back. So in my opinion, you bring in like a trustworthy veteran behind him, and that really prevents them from going out and taking a top uh running back pick in the draft. So I think this really cements Robinson as the number one with the Jaguars on an offense that's gonna be better this year and so I think this honestly puts James Robinson into my RB1 category. I put out a video uh, probably a week ago talking about my running back rankings, and I think I had Joe Mixon at 12. I think James Robinson definitely jumps him uh, and can move up even more if I'm being honest. Now we've got Kenyon Drake signing with the Raiders on a two-year $11 million deal. I I don't even know what to say about this. What are the Raiders doing? You lose three O-linemen, and then you bring in another running back when you already have a capable starter in Josh Jacobs. It just really makes no sense to me. And for a fantasy, it's pretty terrible for both running backs. Both these guys succeeded last year by getting high volume and a good amount of touchdowns. They weren't incredibly efficient. And so now you're putting two guys who need volume and touchdowns on an offense with a poor O-line that wasn't efficient. So I just don't really see how either of these guys are gonna have top value. I like Jacobs a little bit more just because it seems like he's lined up to be the number one. They're talking about using Drake in the passing game, which I mean, he might get a couple looks there, but it's just a pretty poor situation. Jacobs was lined up as probably a mid-tier RB2, Kenyon Drake maybe a later RB2, and now I think they're both out of that RB2 category. Jacobs maybe a higher tier running back three, and Drake maybe lower tier running back three but just a pretty tough uh, outcome for them. Moving on, I have Damian Williams signing a one-year deal with the Bears. Uh, And similar to the Carlos Hyde situation, this is not about Damian Williams' value. This is, to me, more about Montgomery's value. And I'm not a huge fan of Montgomery going into this year. I think his draft stock is gonna be elevated because he balled out at the end of the year. I mean, he finished the year on an absolute tear. But now we have Damian Williams coming in. He's a very capable back. I mean, he opted out of last year, but you have to remember, the 2019 Super Bowl, he arguably should have won the MVP. And now I don't think he's gonna take David Montgomery's starting job, but I do think he's gonna eat into those carries. And remember, we have Tariq Cohen coming back, who suffered a season-ending injury last year, and Cohen is a beast in the passing game. He's gonna be their third down passing option back. So that takes options away from Montgomery. So I just see uh, Montgomery's value being lowered by this move, and he's a guy I'm probably gonna be fading. Going into drafts this year now we have jamal williams to the lions on a two-year deal and this move is pretty tough for deandre swift i think it definitely limits his ceiling because jamal williams is a very solid back i honestly think if you put him on a team with a uh, less secure running back room that he has an option to compete for the starting job but he signs with the lions and it's just unfortunate because aaron jones was able to succeed with him but that was the packers offense Now we're going to the Lions offense and that Lions offense is not going to be able to support both of them at the same time. You have Jared Goff at quarterback. It seems like they're going into tank mode. So it's just not going to be anywhere near how good the Packers was. I do think Swift is still an RB two, but I think it definitely caps his potential, which is unfortunate. Now we've got Aaron Jones and technically this happened before the uh, legal tampering period occurred, but it's a big deal. So let's talk about it four-year, $48 million extension with the Packers. For me this year, he's a top six running back pick. I think he's behind McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, and Saquon Barkley. And then I have Aaron Jones. I just think he's that safe. He's been consistent. I do think he's gonna lose a little bit of rushes to A.J. Dillon, but I think he's gonna make up for that with receptions now that Jamal Williams is gone. A.J. Dillon, more of a runner than Williams, but a much worse receiver than Williams is. So that's where I'm looking at Aaron Jones. I think I'm gonna have a lot of Aaron Jones stock this year. Now we have Mike Davis uh, signing with the Falcons on a two-year, $5.5 million deal. And I kind of like this fit, but we still have to see how things play out in Atlanta. If the Falcons don't draft a running back in the first maybe three rounds, Mike Davis is gonna be a pretty undervalued asset in fantasy. He filled in well for Christian McCaffrey last year. We have to remember the Falcons brought in Arthur Smith, who is the offensive coordinator of the Titans, who's obviously very run game focused. You see him feeding Derrick Henry. He's big on the play action. And so Mike Davis, if he's gonna be the number one there, he definitely has some serious value. They pretty much had a black hole at the running back position last year. They tried to bring in Todd Gurley, but I mean, Todd Gurley is just wasting away. His uh, his knees are just gone. So Mike Davis will be a very intriguing option for 2021. Now we have Leonard Fournette. Resigning with the Buccaneers on a one year deal. And this, in my opinion, is not optimal for Fournette or for Ronald Jones. You never know who's going to start with them. I mean, Ronald Jones got a lot of the work in the regular season, and then Fournette absolutely balled out in the playoffs. So it's just going to be tough to know who to actually start on a week to week basis. I think if Fournette is able to establish himself as a real passing option, that's where he's going to get his fantasy work but it'll be interesting to see where these guys land in drafts. Neither of them are slam dunk uh, running back one or twos this year. Now we have Chris Carson re-signing with the Seahawks, and this is a deal I really like. I think he has top 20 running back value. Chris Carson seems to be underrated every year. He dealt with injuries in 2020, but he ran for 1,000 yards in 2018 and 2019. The Seahawks have already come out and talked about how they want to establish the run more this year. So I think Chris Carson is gonna be looking like a valuable pick in fantasy this year. Also, he had one of his best receiving years last year and that was with only playing 12 games. So if he's able to add that uh, rushing volume with his new uh, receiving ability, he's looking like a borderline running back one if he can stay healthy. Now I'm going to move on to the wide receivers. And first up, we have Will Fuller signing a one-year deal with the Dolphins. If I'm gonna be honest, I don't love this fit for Will Fuller. I don't think he's a great fit with Tua. Will Fuller really is a deep threat and Tua was incredibly conservative in 2020. He did not want to push the ball down the field. But I think this also really is unfortunate for Devontae Parker's value. I think his value is just absolutely tanked. He really wasn't able to produce without Will Fuller in the lineup. So now you have a better option in front of you. I think he's not going to be incredibly fantasy relevant this year. Now moving on to Juju Smith-Schuster, signing with the Steelers on a one-year deal. I think a lot of people were expecting him to move on, and I think a lot of people kind of like that possibility. See where he goes, opens up more targets for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, but it seemed like he didn't have the market he wanted. Came back on a one-year deal with the Steelers, and in my opinion, Juju Smith is going to be the number three wide receiver on this team. I think Deontay Johnson is the clear number one. The amount of targets he commands is just absolutely insane. And he played great last year for fantasy purposes. He did have some problems with the drops, but he was still able to perform well without that. So I think if he's able to clean that up, he's looking like a great option this year. I think he's being valued as a uh, bottom tier wide receiver too. And I love him at that value. I think he's gonna outperform that. Then I have Claypool as my number two, just because I think Claypool has a higher weekly upside they really just stick Juju in the slot and he really doesn't have the opportunity to put up many big games. I don't think he's had 100 receiving yards in a while. So I do think Claypool will have another year of experience. And I just think he's the higher upside play. Then we have Marvin Jones signing with the Jaguars. And before this move, I was pretty high on DJ Chark and Laviska Chenault going into the 2021 season. You have Trevor Lawrence coming in, an upgraded quarterback, and you've got two young receivers. But then they go out and they bring in Marvin Jones. And so it doesn't really kill their value, but I think it definitely lowers it. I think you have three receivers that are pretty similar in terms of their skills. So I think it's kind of gonna be a pretty uh, diverse target load which isn't great for fantasy you know you're gonna have a bunch of basically like 900 yard receivers which isn't ideal but this definitely is an improvement for lawrence who's basically locked in to be pick number one you can see they're building the offense around him he's gonna have marvin jones lavisca Shenault, dj chark james robinson at running back and they already have a pretty solid o-line so it's looking good for him and his future Now we've got Corey Davis signing with the Jets. And Corey Davis became fantasy relevant last year, working as the number two behind A.J. Brown. Going to the Jets, uh, this is pretty easy for me. I don't think he's really going to be fantasy relevant. You've got Zach Wilson coming in. That offense is really nothing special. Uh, So I don't think he's going to be able to put up uh, numbers where you're going to want to start him on a weekly basis. Moving on, we have Kenny Galladay signing with the Giants on a four-year, $72 million deal. This was probably the biggest free agent signing of the offseason. And I do think it's a little bit of a downgrade from Daniel Jones to Matthew Stafford. Actually, not a little bit. It's a pretty solid downgrade. I think before he was probably a high-end to mid-end wide receiver two. Now I think he's more of a lower wide receiver two. He's still gonna be the number one target, but Daniel Jones' play is not really comparable to Matthew Stafford's. I do like this move for Daniel Jones. He was always a solid rusher, but now he really has the weapons around him. There's no excuses for him anymore. He needs to be able to play with these receivers to prove that he can be a starting caliber NFL quarterback. I also like this move for Sterling Shepard because he was a guy who was kind of pushed into be that wide receiver one when maybe he wasn't ready for that. There are guys out there who can be really solid wide receiver twos, but once you get that wide receiver one coverage, You're just not as effective. Juju's the guy who comes to mind. Antonio Brown was the wide receiver one. Juju was the number two. They were both playing well. Then Antonio Brown leaves and Juju Smith kind of falls off the face of the earth. So I do think this move could be beneficial for Sterling Shepard this year. Next, I have Curtis Samuel signing with the Washington football team on a three-year, $34.5 million contract. So the Washington football team finally brought in a number two wide receiver for Terry McLaurin. I think this definitely takes pressure off of Terry which was much needed. He was the clear best option last year with not a lot of support around him. And I really like Curtis Samuel's potential, but it really rides heavily on how the Washington football team is gonna use him. In Ron Rivera's last year with the Panthers, Curtis Samuel had an unreal amount of air yards, but they were playing with Cam Newton and Kyle Allen, neither of whom could throw the ball down the field. So Curtis Samuel was open on a bunch of plays, but he was getting missed all the time. Then last year, Ron Rivera leaves and Curtis Samuel is used so effectively in the rushing game. I think he had around 40 rushing attempts, which I think was second among wide receivers behind Cordero Patterson, who's basically used as a running back. So I think if the Washington football team is able to combine his rushing ability with his deep threat ability, he could really experience a huge breakout this year. Now we're moving on to the final position tight ends. And we gotta start it off with the two guys signing with the Patriots, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. So when the news broke, I think it was one of the first signings that Johnny Smith was signing with the Patriots. I was pretty excited about that. I thought, you know, okay, we have a new red zone target. Belichick is gonna be able to use him creatively. So I was pretty high on Johnny Smith. Definitely probably a top eight tight end going into 2021 just because of his potential. But then they bring in Hunter Henry and that really kind of tempered my expectations As of right now, I'm not a huge fan of either of them going into the 2021 season. You're going to hear your Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez comparisons. It's not even close. Neither of these guys are as talented as Gronk or Hernandez was. Plus, the Patriots have gone out. They brought in Kendrick Bourne. They brought in Nelson Aguilar. They already have guys like Jacoby Myers, Julian Edelman. So this is really going to be a pretty deep wide receiver and tight end room with a pretty unimpressive Cam Newton. So I don't really see any of these guys getting the necessary volume to be like easy fantasy starters. Also, Cam Newton does not throw for touchdowns. He runs for touchdowns. He had a incredibly low amount of fantasy touchdowns last year. So I'm really not high on any of these guys. And it's kind of unfortunate because it was looking bright at the beginning of free agency. But after talking about Jonu Smith, a guy I'm really interested in for the 2021 season is Anthony Ferkser from the Titans. So obviously, Ferkser was the backup to Jonu Smith, but Ferkser really outperformed Jonu towards the end of the year. The Titans lost Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, and Jonu Smith, and they've only brought in Josh Reynolds, who's basically was the wide receiver four with the Rams. So I don't really think he's gonna be the guy. If the Titans don't bring in a couple more weapons, Ferkser is really gonna have a solid opportunity to break out this year. We've also got Jared Cook moving on from the Saints. He's signing a one-year deal with the Chargers. This is interesting. It's not super flashy, the chargers lost hunter henry they bring in jared cook probably a little bit of a downgrade but nothing huge for justin herbert i think cook could be a safe option he's a touchdown machine so you know a solid week-to-week play then we have kyle rudolph signing with the giants i don't really think rudolph's gonna have much value he's a guy who basically catches one or two balls a game but one of them's like a nice touchdown catch so you really never know when to play him they also have evan ingram there who's more of the receiving tight end even though he can't really catch So Kyle Rudolph is likely going to be more of a blocker red zone guy. But the important part of this move is it opens up opportunities for Irv Smith with the Vikings. So Irv Smith is now going to get the opportunity to be the tight end one. And he's been climbing up the draft rankings. I think now he's a borderline tight end one. So it'll be really interesting to see how he plays this season. But he now has the opportunity to work as the number one tight end behind Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. Next up, we've got Rob Gronkowski re-signing with the Buccaneers on a one-year, $8 million contract. I think a lot of people expected this to happen. He basically came out and said he only wants to play with Brady. He only wants to be back with the Bucs. And he's a pretty interesting player to look at going into the 2021 season. He broke out later in the year. I mean, you saw him balling out in the Super Bowl, but there were still times where he was basically used entirely as a pass blocker and a run blocker. So you didn't really know what you were going to get on a week-to-week basis with Gronk. You also have O.J. Howard coming back. He tore his Achilles really early on in the season. So he's a very capable receiving tight end. And Cam Braid is still there. So this is a really crowded tight end room on a team where you already have a lot of solid receiving options. Evans, Godwin, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. We still don't know about A.B., but he could potentially be back. So there's a lot of uncertainty with Rob Gronkowski this year, but the tight end position is so thin, it might be worth taking a later round shot on a guy like Gronk. The last player I'm going to talk about is Gerald Everett signing with the Seahawks on a one-year $7 million contract. Gerald Everett was a guy that a lot of people have liked for a while now. He's super athletic and they just thought he never really got the opportunity to break out with the Rams. Here's his opportunity. He can compete to be the number one tight end on the Seahawks and likely operate as, best case scenario, the third receiving option behind Metcalf and Lockett. So this is really his opportunity to finally break out I think this also helps Tyler Higbee on the Rams. That tight end room is now opened up for him as well. So he probably sees a bump from what he did last year. All right, there we go. That was a ton of players just giving you my quick thoughts on the signings. If you enjoyed this video, if you could leave a like and subscribe, that would really help me out a ton. Let me know who was your guys' favorite free agent signing, least favorite. Who's the guy on this list that you think is gonna break out? But that's gonna wrap it up for today. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching. See you guys next time.